Pro Talk with ProTech, digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today we get to meet top real estate agent Rocky Bowers with the Bowers Group of Long and Foster Real Estate. Rocky, so nice to see you today. How are you? Great, Lexi. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So just to get things started, let's hear a little bit more about you. How long have you been in the real estate industry and how did you end up here? What's your story? Yeah, so my I've been in the industry for almost eight years. My dad's been in the business for about 35 years. Um, and I'm 35 years old, so my whole life. Um, that's essentially how I got started is um, I was in insurance before this and was kind of getting tired of making, you know, a $100 commission here or there off of things. And I was like, you know, I was always attracted to real estate and always attracted to chasing down, um, you know, a bigger commission and a bigger per- percentage off of, you know, sales. Um, but I got out of college in 2008 and um, you know, I was right as things were starting to crash in real estate. So my dad's like, you know, probably not the best time to get mm-hmm. into it, um, which I'm glad that, you know, hindsight that I didn't get into it then because who knows how long I would have been able to sustain, you know, coming out of college, probably not making a whole lot of money right away. Um, so I got in in 2013, um, and uh, he and my dad and I are partners now. Um, and uh, yeah. Awesome. So it's just been in your blood since before you were born. Yeah, when you were born. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you know, around the dinner table when I was four, you know, instead of talking about cartoons, I was asking my dad how his business was going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many settlements he had coming in, things like a good that. Good mentor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, have you guys always been here in the DMV area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my wife always jokes that I've lived in like a five mile radius my whole life. Um, <laughs> I was born in Rockville. Okay. Um, my both of my parents went to Walter Johnson, so they're from Bethesda, and then I went to College Park, Maryland. So. Never really went too far. Never really left. And you have a team, so the Bowers Group. So I know you mentioned you and your dad are partners. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit more about you know how big is your team and um, how many people do you have on? Yeah, absolutely. So I I say me and my dad are partners, but it's actually there's essentially me and um, um, this guy Brett Rubin, good friend of mine. Uh, He and I are essentially partners that run it, and then my dad's kind of um, sort of like the silent partner in the back, semi phasing out. He's, he's earned it, and so, you know, so he's kind of enjoying life and uh, going that route. Then we have, so the three of us kind of run the team, then there's another four agents on our team, and then a full-time admin. Okay, awesome. And do you all service, I know that you um, are from this area, but I'm assuming you service all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Are you pretty mm-hmm. local to this neighborhood, or where do you all service? Yeah, so we service the whole DMV. Um, you know, we go all over Maryland, uh, sometimes I'm in cities I've never heard of that I didn't even know existed in Maryland. Um, so yeah, we go everywhere. Um, I would say our bread and butter would probably be like Silver Spring, Kensington, Bethesda, Rockville, Potomac areas. Okay. Um, and then obviously all of you know like the DC area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we definitely do Northern Virginia. Um, we're not as strong in Northern Virginia as we are in Maryland and DC, but uh, we definitely service it as well. Awesome. Um, so get to getting a little bit into um, the actual process. So if I'm buying a home, what would you say the most important thing that I need to know is? Great question. Um, so um, one thing I always, well, everyone's in a different stage of buying. Some people are buying their fifth house. Some people are buying their first house. So I think it kind of varies from client to client. Um, if it was your first house, you know, someone might come to me and say, I want to buy a 400000 or 600000 or $800,000 house. So what I want to back into is why they want to buy what they're looking to buy. Um, you starting with the price range. 
and then kind of back into why they want to buy in this area versus that area and sort of figure out what's really important to them. Um, and then kind of just, you know, help them find it. You know, I think the actual finding of a home is just, um, just scratching the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of questions, can you help me find a home? And in the back of my head, when people ask me that, I'm like, that I do a whole lot more than just finding you a home mm -hmm. because, you know, right now people can find homes on their own, if you will, as far as seeing the data and seeing what's out there. But a lot of, <clears throat> not to go off too much of a tangent, but um, yeah, I'll kind of just stop there because I'm just going on okay. a tangent. Yeah, no, there. you're fine. So you would say kind of really getting crystal clear on, you know, what it is that you want exactly. and why. Exactly, kind of finding out why you're, where you're looking to buy, why you're looking to buy, why you want to be in that price range, um, kind of getting you connected, obviously, to a lender if you haven't talked to a lender, but just seeing what you, what's comfortable for you because you might be qualified up to two million but only want to pay for a $400,000 house. That happens all the time and it's not um, uncommon or certainly not a wrong thing to do. So kind of being comfortable with your payment, being comfortable with the area. Mm -hmm. If you're not from this area, kind of educating you on why some people prefer certain areas over other areas, the school systems, right? Um, you know, all the local amenities such as parks or things like that as well. Right, and that's probably really helpful that you've been in this area for so long because you're probably definitely a neighborhood helps. specialist in this <laughs> yeah. area. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps the fact that I've lived here for a while. Um, real estate is obviously a relationship-based uh, uh, based business, and the fact that I'm not moving across country and trying to start in real estate, you know, I, I, a lot of people do that. I don't know how they do that, but mm -hmm. the fact that I've lived here my whole life, it's almost kind of like a head start because I have a lot of the relationships already forged. Um, so that's definitely been pretty helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about on the flip side of that? So if I'm a seller, if I want to sell my house, what would you say the most important thing is to do to prepare to put my house on the market? Yeah, you hit a really key word right there uh, with prepare. You know, a lot of, obviously once you're on the mar uh, market, marketing is huge and all of that, pricing it properly is incredibly important. But getting the house ready to sell is, in my opinion, one of the most important things that we do in coming in with the knowledge and um, education of saying, okay, Buyers are going to respond to having this updated, but not that. Or don't spend your money here, but spend your money there. Or, okay, if you're working with this budget, this is where we should allocate those resources to so that you're going to get the most return. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we do before it ever goes on the market is probably 70% of the battle. Mm -hmm. um, because once we have that product out there, um, you know, we want to make sure that I'm sure a lot of people have heard the analogy, but you know, if someone gives you a dollar that's really smelly and gross and nasty versus a really crisp, fresh dollar, well, they may be worth the same, but you're always gonna pick that really crisp, fresh dollar. And it just makes kind you of, feel better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm stealing somebody else's analogy, but at the same time, it's kind of the same with the house. If, if the house is worth, you know, if there's two houses that are very, very similar to each other as far as square footage, bedrooms, things of that nature, people are gonna go with the crisp dollar over that sneaky, smelly dollar. And so it's kind of the analogy I use with sellers um, when they, you know, getting their house ready to sell. Right, so really preparing your house in a lot of different ways before even getting to the point of what can I get for my house and you know when I'm putting it on the market and things of that nature. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Um, talk to me a little bit about what the current market is like um, and how would I know when the best time would be to buy or sell? Yeah, great question. Um, well, if you are in... Um, Montgomery County, this is probably the best time to sell that I've seen in a long time. Um, in you know Silver Spring, Kensington, Rockville, those kind of areas with single family homes, um, they're just kind of flying off the shelves. Mm -hmm. So um, what we are seeing is it is a seller's market 
in the sense that there's lots and lots of offers. It's, um, it's still a good market to buy because of the interest rates. So you can get a whole lot more house for the same, you know, same payment. You know, you can probably buy a $500,000 house and today's, at today's interest rates, for what you were probably paying for a four hundred thirty dollars to $440,000 house, you know, this time last year. So you can really get a whole lot more house, even though you're quote unquote paying over um, list price and things of, the, uh, of those natures. You're actually in the long run over those 30 years when you factor in um, the interest that goes with it, um, you're actually gonna be paying less over those 30 years, even though the sticker price is a little bit higher, mm-hmm. um, just because the interest rates are so low. Right. So in that scenario, it's still a great time to buy. Right. And, you know, as things um, continue to change, like, you know, what's a good way for me to kind of keep up with what the market is like? You know, say I might want to sell my house in six months. How would I know at that point when's a good time? Yeah, great question. Uh, great question. Um, I think it's hard to know what the market's going to be like, especially in today's day and age, what it's going to be like six, mar- uh, six months from now. Um, I can tell people what today's market's like, what we think it's probably going to be like. But, you know, for example, when COVID first hit, I don't think, I mean, at least I didn't, I mean, I didn't think that the market was just going to go like bananas, mm-hmm. you, know? Um, you know? No one really in our generation has really seen something like a COVID. But with that said, I wouldn't say, okay, here comes a pandemic. I bet the real estate market's going to be on fire. Right. So there's just so much that's so much, there's a lot of uncertainty right now that I, I wouldn't really know what the market's going to be like six months from now. Um, I would say... A year, two years, three years from now, it's hard for me to see the market still going up at the rate that it's going. You know, eventually markets correct themselves. I don't think it's going to tank like it did in 08 or anything like that. But I mean, it's, I think there'll probably be some sort of healthy correction. Mm-hmm. I think that people, just like in stocks, you know, the most the masses typically buy a stock when it's high versus buying when it's low. Um, there's usually a reason why it's low, whether it's you know bad publicity or whatever it was. You know, I remember for Tesla, for example when Musk was coming out and on Twitter and all stuff and, you know, Tesla was just tanking, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be the right time to buy. That's usually when people start to sell. It's kind of the same thing with houses. I usually see that, okay, prices start to go way up. Inventory is really low. That's like the perfect time to sell is when inventory is low if you're a seller. Mm-hmm. But what typically happens is people are kind of late to the game and then everybody just starts putting their houses on the market, you know, in, in a certain neighborhood all at the same time. Right. Because they're kind of late to the game, um, in my opinion. So... Um, yeah, I would say that I don't know what six months is going to mm-hmm. hold, but I would say I wouldn't wait too long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's certainly a great time right now. If right. People are and it's important out. to stay connected with experts like you to understand as things evolve and as things change. Yeah. You, know, you can certainly follow trends. I would say talk to a, to a, talk to a realtor, talk to people in the industry, lenders, anybody, you know, home inspectors, anybody that's in the game that's kind of talking, um, shop every day or good people to talk to. Yeah. But you know, there's. Lots of great articles out there as well on the internet. Absolutely. Um, with all these different moving pieces with buying a home, selling a home, what would you say your favorite thing about this industry is? Do you prefer working with buyers over sellers? Do you have a preference or is there something more than that? That Yeah, great question. Um, I think when you first get into real estate, everybody always says, get listings, get, you know, get listings and all that kind of stuff. And to a certain degree, there's truth there because you know for every listing you're typically going to get you know two to three more transactions so that part of it is great but i will say that there in my opinion for me and my experience working with a buyer is more joyous if you will because they're just it's a happier process 
you know, you're helping them find um, a house, you're helping them be a part of this journey with their family, and you're going down this road that's really fun to go down with people. Um, and it's a little bit different than when sell, somebody is selling their asset, where that's a very stressful process. They're moving out. You know, when people are buying that house, getting under contract, you kind of stop right at the right time. Then all the hard stuff comes. You yeah. know, then they're moving in. Then they're doing the renovations or painting and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like cut off right at the right time. Selling is completely different. You have to. You're a part of the entire process where you're getting the house ready. You're doing the renovations. You're saying, okay, when people show the house, grab your kids and you know whether they're crying or not, put them in the car. You got to go. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's not as much fun. I always tell people is like if you're going to be living, especially if you're living in the house, it's not a fun process in general. We're going to try to ease the pain as much as we can. But I wouldn't want to oversell you on the fact that, hey, this is going to be a piece of cake. Right. There's a lot of stress that goes into selling a house. And not just what the price is at the end of the day. The logistics of it can be pretty stressful for the sellers. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a a therapist half the time, you know, when I'm selling a house. Um, But there is probably less hours involved because it's, you know, you may have a buyer that you're working with for two, three months that you have to show... 30 homes or whatever it may be, that's a lot of hours that goes into that. Um, where a seller, you know, it's it's a lot less um, hours as far as driving and things of that nature. A lot of mm-hmm. it's just handled digitally, at, you know, once you do, a f- you know, a few meetings or meeting contractors, things like that. So right. um, they both have their pros and cons, but I would say as far as just pure emotional joy, yeah. working with the buyers typically a little bit more on that side. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You know, in sellers, there's a lot more emotions because they've lived, that's their house. Yeah, and you could, I mean, you could break a, you could break a record for a house and somehow the seller still thinks she should have gotten more. Right, you know? right. There's also a little bit of, um, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that that comes with it that yeah. doesn't, it seems to be the case for almost everybody. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And this could be, you know, professional in your business or even personal yeah um well there's probably two parts that um were challenging i would say that obviously when you first start real estate that is in my opinion the the hardest time um because you're going from for me you know making decent money nothing crazy but you know having something reliable mm-hmm. to zero dollars and not only just zero dollars but also all the expenses that come with it mm-hmm. um which is you know how it is for when you when you run any business but um, I'm glad that when I got into real estate, I got in not thinking of it as a sales job or not thinking of it as a sales role, but thinking of it as a business and starting a business. And so I was able to handle those, um, you know, the times, the whatever it was, the six months, year, whatever it was before um, money really started to come in because I knew that I wanted to do this and I wanted this to be my career and I wanted to be in real estate. So I would certainly say that the first six months to a year was probably the definitely the hardest part of real estate. Um, and I think I just got through it by one, I was able to have, you know, enough money saved up, which um, not to go on a tangent, but when we're interviewing people to come on the team, that is something we always ask them. You know, mm-hmm. if you're coming in here and you only have, you know, a few weeks of savings, it's just not really the business or that could be the business, but not the time. Right. You know, it's for you. And so I was able to have enough money saved up, kind of a low overhead at the time where I could go six months or a year without making any money and I would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to get through it by one, having savings and two, by just, I mean, I worked really, really, I was, you know, was, what was I, 26, 27, single. Um, so I was able to, it didn't matter how late I was working. working. Things. Right. Yeah, I was working a lot. So, um, and I was building kind of the right 
foundation that I wanted to go with my business at the time that I, I thought would pay dividends. Um, and a lot of it was working with builders, investors, things like that, that you don't really start to see the fruits of your labor for a little while, um, which is probably the second um, part of the question as far as um, a difficult time slash happy ending. Um, when I, I was probably about, I don't know, nine months to a year into it, and um, I was working with a few different builders, but one of them, at this time, I still hadn't even sold a house. I've had you know transactions with buyers, but I've never actually sold a house. Mm-hmm. But I had a really good relationship with uh, these builders, and we had three houses that were under contract that they were building, and then it was kind of getting to the point where, all right, let's you know start selling them and things like that. And so, you know, they asked me, they were, we had a good relationship, but at the same time, you know, I was young, and he asked me, he's like, so you know, how many houses have you sold? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lie to him. I was like, you know, I, I gave him the whole spiel of, well, technically none, <laughs> you know, but the power <laughs> but of I know we, a lot. but my team has, and yeah. he gave him all that. And he's like, he's like, look, we, you know, we really overbuilt on this thing, and, you know, we're really nervous about where it was. And so they ended up not giving me those three listings, going with, you know, uh, somebody that had a, a big name in the area. Um, then I was working with a couple other builders. I had some uh, success with them. Sold like four or five new homes in the Bethesda area. And meanwhile, that builder that took those listings for me, those houses didn't sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to get all three of those listings back and bring all three buyers myself. Wow. So I sold all three of them myself and turned out to be really good. Um, yeah, and I think I got married that month. So it was like all three of them closed in really one month. Really good win. Yeah, <laughs> I got married. I was like, all right, this is great. Well, that just goes to show, though, that like, you know, hard work pays off. And even when times are low and hard, right, you just yeah. keep chipping away at it and keep your eye on the prize. Yeah. You know, you can get things done. Yeah. Um, and then just to appraise you on the first point that you were talking about is really taking the time in the beginning is setting up your business. Um, just with talking with, you know, different people and, you know, especially real estate agents, a lot of people say that's the one thing that they wish that they had started early on or right away um, because it's hard to kind of backtrack later on once you know you've been in this a few years, you now have a team, and now let's start the business aspect of it. Exactly. Um, So that's awesome that you were able to get that done, you know, early on. Yeah, I can kind of thank my dad for that. You know, he's, um, and I, 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 yeah, just to pick it back on what you're saying, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier just to start the right way. Yeah. You know, have your database cleaned, have everything like organized. So as you're moving forward, it's a lot easier to, to do things versus going back and be like, wow, I'm super busy. Yeah. How right. do I, you know, handle all of the, that's going on? Right. Now, so. Right. Absolutely. Um, what would you say? I know we talked about a couple big achievements, um, but were your biggest life achievement something that you're just really proud of or passionate about? Um, well, it's not really related to real estate. Um, but I would say that um, ever since I was like four, I was a soccer player. Mm-hmm. And so I always, you know, I always had the goal of play, getting a D1 scholarship um, and ended up playing, you know, in college on, on a scholarship D1. Awesome. And so I would say that, I don't know, even, what is it, 18 years later? Still, <laughs> still probably, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Do you still play? I do, but not anywhere near like, as well as yeah, I did. Just for so. fun? Just for fun, yeah. Good, good to still make time for that. Um Tell me something that most people don't know about you. Any hobbies or fun facts? Yeah, so almost piggybacking on uh, the soccer thing. So I've always loved sports, but mm-hmm. um, I hate the fact that I can't be as good at like soccer as I used to be. So I love pickleball. Okay. <laughs> so I play pickleball probably like two or three nights a week. Awesome. Because um, I was like, all right, I need to get into a sport that I can play even when I'm like 70. Yeah, it's so good exercise. I love golf, love pickleball. I'm like, all right, I want to keep building towards something that when I'm like 50, I can still dominate still people. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Keep the competitiveness yeah, in you. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, are you currently reading any books, listening to any podcasts, or how do you in general like to just gain new knowledge? Yeah, so I love podcasts. Um, even when I read books, I listen to them. Mm-hmm. So they're all books on tapes. Um, but uh, I love Real Estate Rockstars, um, which I'm sure a lot of people listen to with uh, Pat Hyben. And then um, Bigger Pockets is like a really good one for investing. I mean, those are two you know, big ones. There's a lot of different ones that I, that I like to listen to mm-hmm. um, as well. But those are probably the two that I never miss. Obviously, ProTech, you know, podcast yeah, uh, as well, obviously. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those are the two that I kind of started listening to for, you know, the past. They've been on for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, consistently. Yeah. Um, is there anything new or fun other than pickleball that you've been wanting to try or get into just or even during these last several months? Anything new you've picked up? Um, great question. Um, well, actually, I just picked up pickleball. Okay. So, oh, well, there you that, go. <laughs> yeah. I just started playing pickleball like two or three months ago. Okay. So okay. I guess technically I'm a beginner, but um, I played um, racquetball and then tennis pretty much my whole life. Okay. But again, I was kind of like couldn't be as competitive at racquetball as I wanted anymore. So I had to get something that didn't require as much movement. Right. So that's kind of why I transitioned into pickleball. Got it. So <laughs> we'll have to re-ask you in like a year from now right. to see like how yeah. has that been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in the next five years or where do you see your team? Yeah, great question. So <clears throat> I would love to um, obviously keep growing um, the team. We want to, um, you know, we have certain goals that we want to hit, certain benchmarks we want to hit and things of that nature. But we also really want to get more and more into the investing side of real estate. Um, I think it's easy just to kind of keep going as a realtor and not realize all the other opportunities that go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we get to hear about a lot of houses first and see the, you know, dilapidated structures before you know other people do, and you, well, there's just a lot of opportunity on the investment side that um, I think it's really important for, uh, at least for me. I've always been kind of passionate about that. Um, so I want to keep the investing side of it and kind of have that arm on the Bowers Group where we have um, like an investment side arm as mm-hmm. well as our real estate team. Um, we have a place in Florida, so I actually want to get a kind of build a team slash have some sort of division down there okay. um, of the team. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I see it. I would love to at some point have um, this be almost self-sustaining mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm here, but I'm also, you know, kind of you know, by states, if you will, yeah. and able to run two different teams. And then um, definitely the, always been very passionate about the investing side of real estate. So want to keep growing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in today's world too, you know, being in two different places is right. fairly easy in the sense that you have the technology yeah. by your side. So no and with COVID, we're all now <laughs> used to working from home and kind of doing things that way. So, so true, so true. Sometimes the world just works out like that. Um, let's say that I'm your next prospective client. Why should I call you? Um, great question. Um, well, one thing that I kind of say or tell everybody, and it depends on whether you're buying or selling, but um, I take the approach that I did in in soccer and sports or things of that nature where, you know, the coaches always tell you you're only good as your last game, you're only good as your last tryout. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not here standing on what you accomplished in the past because when it comes to uh, time you know, to playing the game, nobody really cares if you were – um, All-American or, or this or that. Nobody cares about that once you're actually on the field. Mm-hmm. And um, what I tell people when it comes to real estate is you you don't really care if I've accomplished X, Y, or Z in real estate. Sure, that might be good because it shows that I know what I'm doing. But what you are going to see is you know my game time performance when it comes to your house or finding you that property. You're going to see the effort 
that I'm going to put in because I want to earn not only your business, but I want to earn your friend's business and I want to earn your future business. Mm -hmm. And I take every client as almost like a tryout and um, you'll see the effort, you'll see, you know, all the little things and all the little details won't get overlooked because I'll be handling them personally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always tell people that they're just going to see a different mindset working with me, even though, you know, we do have you know, medium-sized team or things of that nature. They're going to see that I'm only as good as my last client and that I handle every client as if they're my only client. Hopefully they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I want them to feel as if they're my only client and feel that I'm trying to earn not only their business but their future business and their friend's business. Absolutely. I love that analogy too. It comes down to game time. That's right. what matters. <laughs> um, tell us how we can best reach you. Uh, phone number, email, are you on social media, or what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so um, my cell phone's um, a good one. Don't mind giving that out. I don't know if I'm supposed to. But yeah. uh, I was giving out my email. It's Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y-B, at longandfosterallspelledout.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook, just Rocky Bowers, um, Instagram. But um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find as a realtor. Um, just hopefully, if you Google Rocky Bowers, I come up. Yep. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't have a podcast or anything like that to promote. But um, other than that, I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rocky. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, it's great talking with you. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.